understand we've all felt stuck at one point or another, even the most successful people among us, because it's a rite of passage, a trial, to see if you have what it takes to be independent. The test is to prove that you deserve your destiny. Each week our goal is to bring you an inspiring story of someone who moved beyond their stranded face and found greatness on the other side. Welcome to The Stranded Podcast, and this is your host, Jessica Hurley. What's up, guys? Welcome back to The Stranded Podcast. So excited to have you guys today. I want to jump right in and chat about some things that I've learned on my journey to success. And... So first and foremost, when I say the word success, that's what success means to me. Not to you, not to your family, not to anyone else, but what that means for me. And I say that because we all should define success differently. We should not be defining success off of money, cars, clothes, homes, or functionality, management, CEO, or authority level. We should all be defining success from a holistic approach in our lives. Are we happy? Is this what we want? Um, And are we doing more than just being functional? Are we going through the motions? Or are we where we want to be? So each and every one of us should define success differently. But I have my own version of success. And to be honest with you, I've exceeded everything I ever thought what success meant. And that's been a journey in itself was, I don't know if I've said this before on my podcast, but when I was growing up and I finally did get into college and opened my eyes a little bit and my mind a little bit, I thought that I never thought past working for a big nonprofit or working. I really wanted to work for like the county parks and rec department and run the youth programs. I thought that if I could just get in there and work my way up and I was making 50, 60,000, then I, boy, I had made it. And then maybe somewhere along the way, I'd get my master's degree and wow, that would be life. And I would be stable and, you know, um, you know, have enough wealth and then start a family and be happy. Um, and there's not, I am not saying there's anything wrong with that, not for a second, but that was the furthest I ever thought that was defining success for me. And now 29 going into 30, I realized there's so much more for me because I was limit limiting myself. I always had dreams and aspirations of helping millions of people. I just thought that was unrealistic. And so I just kind of let myself dream about that, never considered it. And now I know that um, that was just part of the stepping stone. There's so much more to come. And so I'm on a journey to success and I'm loving every minute of it, but I'm exactly where I need to be and I want to be right now. So as I've climbed this journey, I thought there's a lot of stuff that I've learned, a lot of stuff. And every time I step up or level up, it's like they say, new level, new devil. Like you step up, you encounter more problems, more money, more problems. Like it's just inevitable. It's just that challenge that you're given to prove that you deserve more than average. I know I say that all the time, but it's really something I live by. So um, I put together some stuff that I wanted to go over that I think are just lessons that I learned on my journey to success. Things that I've learned about wanting to be successful, climbing the ladder, 
And I wanted to share them with you because if you're sitting there right now and you're on that journey or you're seriously having a self-talk with yourself about leveling up in your business, leveling up in your career, you know, working your way up to management or leveling up in your relationship, we have to be successful in all of those departments. So here's a few things that I've learned and hopefully you can apply them. So number one, success is never, ever, ever a straight line, y'all. Never. Like whatever zigzag, crisscross road, like whatever big metropolitan city you can envision that has the most exit and has that big middle part where there's like 30 round exits. I don't even know how to explain what I'm envisioning, but like those traffic jammed circles, that is success. The goal could be clear and everything could be defined, but you're literally going to hit roadblocks, speed bumps, and potholes along the way. And what we have to realize is the road to success is like (laughs) the longest girls trip you'll ever be on. Like road trip, imagine it. It's the longest one you'll ever be on. And my hope for you is that it doesn't take you the more than half the journey to realize that it's never about the destination and it's about the journey because it's not a sprint. It's like they say, it's a marathon. So don't go halfway through this journey and then all of a sudden realize you didn't appreciate or enjoy the process. The process is everything, y'all. So enjoy the process, the process to success. Number two, trust your struggle and have some faith in it. Goodness, have some faith in the struggle. And I know that's so much easier said than done, but when we are struggling, like we think it is the end all be all. I just finished a book, so I'm going to refer to it. I just finished a book, the Peaks and Valleys book by Spencer Johnson. And it's like a super easy read. So if you get a chance, check it out. Um, But it just talks about how life is supposed to be like that. That's the balance of life is that you are literally going to be on these high peaks, high, high peaks, and then these low, low valleys. And that doesn't make you any different than the next person that that's just life. And you have to learn to be humble and grateful when you're on those peaks, because that's what brings people down. You will last longer on a peak in your life if you remain humble and grateful and continue to do what's working for you during those peaks. And when you are in the valleys, you can allow yourself to believe that, it, that it's worse than what it really is. You have to really look at the black and white. And there was a part in the book that I love because I actually have used this in my life a lot in the last two years, and it works. But they talked about making reality your friend. And every time you're in a valley, and when I use the word valley, I'm talking about trouble, down and out, upset, depressed not knowing what's next, or something good was going and then something bad happened and you think it's the end of the world. It's not. Don't let your subconscious tell you that it's worse than what it is. So make reality your friend by stopping, looking at the situation and saying, what's the truth in this? What's black and white? I have got so much clarity on stuff like that from the most ridiculous things I get upset about to the most serious things. Like, You have to ask yourself, what's the truth? You would be surprised if you could be brutally honest with yourself how much of it that you're really making up or you're making worse. 
I'll give you an example, like a really so, so silly example. Um, Labor Day weekend, my parents got my son uh, for three days so that my boyfriend and I could have a break, which was great. Our son, we haven't been away from our son for three days in a very long time. So, and we were both sick, so it was nice to like get some time to get better. And one night we planned to go out together, um, you know, like dinner, then drinks, and then a nightclub, go dancing, whatever. And so he went out with his friends and I went out with mine and we were supposed to meet that night. And so I'm in one place, he's in another location. We're supposed to meet at the location he's at and I'm texting him and the text messages won't go through. And he's texting me and the text messages won't go through. And he calls me, I pick it up, he hangs up, but he's, long story short, we can't get in touch with each other because we're both in crowded places. So then I go to the place he's at because I know he's there and I get there and everyone tells me he just left. Y'all, I was livid. I was freaking livid. I was like, the one night that we have to hang out together and you leave me, like we're supposed to be hanging out. We planned this. What were you thinking? So I finally walk outside and call him. I am livid, livid. And he explains to me that he left because I wasn't there. Like he thought that I was going to stay at the other place the whole time. And that I just decided I wasn't going to come because I wasn't responding to his text message. So he was like, well, there's no reason for me to be out. I don't want to be out if you're not going to come. So I'm on my way home. And he was like, I can come get you if you want. But I was still mad. I was still mad when I hung up the phone. And to be honest, I was mad going into the night. But when I was driving home, I was thinking to myself like, okay, well, what's the truth in this? What's the black and white, right? And I'm like, the text messages didn't go through. He didn't know where I was at. So he just assumed that I wasn't coming and he went home like, He didn't ruin the night. He didn't decide to go home because he was avoiding me or anything like that. I mean, for God's sakes, we've been together for four years. But I was so upset. For what? The rest of it was what I was telling myself. You have to really look at like what's factual and what's not. And then just know that that's it. That's it. That's the valley. Everything else outside of that, you can get past. Okay. Next thing. Sometimes hard work won't won't do the trick. And I know that's hard to believe, especially I think of people my age, and I know your parents probably told you that hard work works for everything, because mine did. It was like, just work harder. You know, just do the grunt work. Don't be lazy. And... That's what I was raised on. However, when I say hard work doesn't always work, because think about some of the hardest working people you know. Most of them have been in the same same jobs and the same positions for as long as you can remember. So when I say hard work doesn't always do it, it's because you have to solicit help. I sat here and watched Chris make a ton of money in his business the last couple of months or the beginning of the year and but he was drowning. He was drowning. Couldn't focus on family at night, waking up early in the morning, couldn't sleep because he was stressed, stressed, stressed to the point where he would have been no good for his business. So he had to hire an acquisition manager. And yes, it costed a pretty penny, but it saved him. And six months down the line, they're doing great together and making even more money and his business is flourishing. But for six months, it hurt him acquiring that cost 
but he didn't have a choice. Hard work wouldn't do the trick for him. He couldn't work any harder. He had to solicit help. And this goes for anything in life. You know, when we've had too much, uh, it's like having kids, period. Like any mom listening to this knows, like you get to a point with your kids, you know, after you've been with them for however long and you're just like, I'm either going to break down and cry and lose my shit or maybe I'm just not good at this mom thing. It's none of those things. You just need to ask for help. Ask for help. Because sometimes powering through, pushing through isn't the best alternative. It's just like a workout. Yeah, push through, push through, push through until your body tells you you can't go anymore. That's how people break you break their arm and hurt their hip and hurt their lower back because they push through past the point where their body told them to stop. So just know sometimes the answer is not always hard work. Sometimes you have to ask for help. You have to be a part of a team. You have to solicit people in your life to help you. Like hiring a virtual assistant. I just hired a virtual assistant and we're not right where we need to be yet because we're still learning. I'm doing some training, Um, but I had to break down and acquire that cost because I'm drowning. I need help. So I hired a virtual assistant. So because hard work for me right now, same story as Chris, will not do the trick. Number four, being competitive is not always the answer. And ladies, I know you've been hearing this. I probably couldn't tell a man nothing about being competitive because it's just in their nature. However, women, why are we competing with one another? Yes. Is a little bit of competitive competitiveness healthy? Sure. Yes. But you know what competitiveness does? It causes comparison. Being competitive causes comparison. And what is comparison? The thief of all joy. Comparison causes fear and insecurities. We end up And here's the crazy part. We compare ourselves to others. We see what they're doing. We wonder why we're not doing it or why if we're doing it, we think we're better. And then we all end up competing for better sameness. We're all competing for the same thing in the same way because we want to be better than the next person. How about being different than the, the next person? How about supporting the next person? Trust me when I tell you the most valuable lesson I've learned is there is enough success and money to go around for every single one of us. So it will hurt none of us to support, love, and help each other on this journey, not be competitive. Because when the competitive competitiveness causes, causes comparison, the comparison causes fears and insecurities. And what do we do when we are in fear and we're insecure about other people? We act out. We act out. We're rude. We're mean. We're protective. So now we're being rude, mean, and ugly, and unsupportive of other women that just want to be equally successful. Like, really take take a step back from your bubble and look at it like this. Why in God's name would I hate on another woman who wants the same thing that I want? And you're not the only person in the world that wants to be a beauty blogger, who wants to be, you know, a fashion star, who wants to be a model, who wants to be a doctor, who wants to be a lawyer, who wants to be an Instagram influencer. You're not the only one. So you can't hate on the next person. Competitiveness does us no good. We could all support each other. Next one. This is kind of my favorite. It's that 
no matter what phase you're in right now, unless you have deep dived into self-development, your self-image is only halfway done. It's only half baked, half cooked. It's not done. We've already been programmed to think we're this type of worker, we're this type of girlfriend, we're this type of boyfriend, or we're this type of person. There's a whole nother half to go. We get to finish the narrative. We could even change the narrative, but we cannot allow others to tell us what type of person we are, who we are. That self-image is completely and entirely up to us and we are in control of it. Like I tell myself every day, I want to be a more genuine person. And I'm not saying I'm not, but I want to be to the core. Like I want people to look at me and know I love them, period. And that's a work in progress every day. But that's something I'm going to create as part of my self-image. And part of my self-image is the way that I see myself. And I'm working on that every day too. I want to look in the mirror and know from the, the pits of my soul to the top of my outer forehead and the bottom of my toes. I love this woman. I love who she is. I love this girl. And that's a journey. But our self-image is only half done. The rest is up to us. Last but not least, find yourself a specialty, like a specialty, a special skill, something that divides you from the rest, right? And it can be anything. And I'm not saying this, like find a specialty because of Instagram. I'm telling you to find a specialty in anything and you can make this shit up. Like people, this is, and this was me. I'm only, I'm going to throw this, throw myself under the bus. Five years ago, if you would have told me like, so what's so, what's so special about you? Like, or if I would have been in one of those interviews where, where somebody said, why should I hire you over anyone else? First thing in my mind would have been like, oh God, well, there's nothing special about me compared to anybody else. Like I've just got the same skills everyone else has. No, 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 no. Find a specialty. And I don't care Look at everything within, even if it's something that's like something super quirky. Um, one of my TED fellow TEDx speakers, when we were doing our speech, gave a speech about how growing up she was told she was dyslexic and she was quirky and she talked too much. That she talked so much that she could never get her test done. She couldn't pay attention. And that was like her downfall. Like she failed class after class. She said she had a big red X on all her papers because she couldn't pay attention. But (laughs) this woman ended up like being a talk show host and being invited to the White House. And she's got the cutest, soulful little voice I've ever heard um, and told this story about how when she went to the White House, she started up a conversation with the security guard while she was walking in and asked him his name and, you know, just had a full conversation with him. (coughs) I believe it was her, actually. Excuse me. Um had a full conversation with him, her, and walked around, did her thing, talked to everybody because that's her thing. Remember, she she talks too much. And she came back to the security guard and was like, what else cool, you know, what else is cool in this White House? And she was like, you know what? You're the only person that's ever asked me my name. So I'm going to show you around. And the security guard took her out back. I mean, not out back. The security guard took her all through the White House and showed her things that no one has ever seen. My point to that is that's something that someone told her when she was a kid was her problem 
was her issue. Like, that's a strength. You can take your quirkiness and turn it into a strength. Let me give you another example. Millennials, we're obsessed with social media. I don't know where you work right now, but I guarantee you know more about social media than most of the people at your job. If you know how to use a podcast app, you know more than people at your job. So I'm obsessed with Instagram growth. I'm obsessed with social media growth. I'm obsessed right now with learning about social media ads and how to best promote yourself and sell yourself and brand yourself and other companies, like anything social media marketing related, obsessed, just like my side thing to research. Because I'm young and I've grown up in it and I've lived in it. And once I saw that the company I work for had an issue, they were trying to grow their social media and they basically just sucked at it. I started to go to my marketing department and give little tidbits here and there and advice and, you know, say what I see, see you doing this, but what if we did this? And within six months, they asked me to be an assistant social media manager because I know what I'm doing. If, if your company isn't doing anything with social media or they're not doing it right, feel free to voice your opinion because I'm sure you know more than everyone at your job. Like find yourself a specialty, create your job, start doing something that they need that you know how to do doesn't have to be in your job description. So make sure you have a specialty. Like everyone at my job knows that my job, my career is about getting kids jobs. My career is also about raising money for the nonprofit organization. But everyone also knows my specialty is speaking. If they have, if they need, and my kids needs to um, speak in front of a company, an organization, or do some type of representation, they know they can come to me because that's just one of my specialties. I don't mind talking in front of large groups. So make sure you have that specialty identified. It will literally separate you from the rest. So I hope this was helpful. I hope this was fun. Um, I limited it to just a few things. There's a ton more. There's a bazillion things I've learned on my journey to success, and I'm still on that journey. So I will always, always continue to share with you guys, and I hope you enjoyed it. I hope it was impactful, and I hope you learned something today. And if all else fails, have a wonderful week. I love you guys. Thanks again for joining us on another episode of The Stranded Podcast. If you felt inspired or moved today, make sure to leave a review on iTunes. You can learn more about us and our guests at thestrandedphase.com. And don't forget that your stranded phase is a rite of passage on your journey to greatness.